Tonight, there will indeed, unfortunately, be a carryover in 2024 when it comes to those pro-Hamas demonstrations across Canada. But why is it that the authorities and law enforcement are turning a blind eye? The big boss man himself, Ezra Levant, has much to say about this grotesque double standard. It's Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. I'm David Menzies, and this is The Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. October 7th, 2023 was Israel's version of America's 9-11. Actually, by percentage of population, the death toll in Israel that day was equivalent to multiple 9-11s. Hundreds of innocent civilians were either murdered, tortured, raped, kidnapped, or all of the above. It was equal parts gross and disturbing. Speaking of gross and disturbing, in the aftermath of this massacre, the streets of so many Western cities are now routinely overtaken by thousands of pro-Hamas supporters. They apparently take exception to Israel's right to defend its sovereignty and to bring back those remaining hostages. The anti-Semitic rhetoric at these demonstrations has also been disturbing. Calls for the genocide of Jews is a de rigueur feature at these protests. Pro-Hamas thugs have even physically assaulted and injured counter-demonstrators, sometimes right in front of police officers, who choose to do nothing. What is going on? How did we get here? And joining me from parts unknown is my boss, Ezra Levent. Well, Mr. Levent, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Uh, so get, glad to see you again. But Ezra, as I mentioned in my preamble, compared to the trucker freedom convoy, I don't see people uh, getting arrested. I don't see anyone doing solitary confinement, a la Tamara Leach. I don't see anyone's bank accounts being frozen. And yet, what we're seeing on the streets of Canadian cities is far, far worse than what occurred in Ottawa some two years ago. What's your take, Ezra, on this grotesque double standard? Oh, there's so many things. I mean, first of all, there's the terrible... Uh war crimes and crimes against humanity and terrorism and br brutality that happen in Israel. And that's shocking. But Israel's fighting back and it's doing well militarily. Um, it's it's fighting back in a restrained way compared to how, say, America fought against ISIS in Iraq or Russia fought against the Chechens in Chechnya. Um, but that's a foreign affairs question. What really concerns me as a Canadian is what's going on on our streets. And listen, we believe in freedom of speech in Canada. And if people want to be anti-Israel or even anti-Semitic, that is their legal right. I'd have two big caveats to that. First of all, if they're a foreign national, that is, if they're here as on a work permit or a study permit just temporarily as our guest, and they instead choose to go to these hate marches, I think we should deport them. That's why we have our deporthamas.com website. Um, but let's say that they are Canadian citizens and they just have odious points of view. By the way, 
I think about 80% of the people I see at these uh, anti-Israel protests are actually foreign, um, judging by accents and things like that. Um, but they're not just saying Israel bad or even Jews bad. They're, they're, in some cases, they're making death threats. Uh, in many cases, they're trespassing on private property. I mean, the incredible clip that we played a couple of weeks ago of that masked Hamas thug at the Eaton Center shouting at someone that he was going to put her six feet under. And literally, the cop was a foot away and did nothing. It's just a reminder of what that looked like. You come near me, I'll put your leg down on the floor. I'll lay you sleep. I'll put you six feet deep. I'll put you six feet deep. So, David, I got to tell you, during the entire time of uh, of the trucker convoy, there was no invasion of a private space. There was no death threats like that. In fact, it was the most peaceful thing Ottawa had seen. But let me show you something that has caught my eye over the last week. Yes, the invasions of the malls have been atrocious. And the police standing by doing nothing is atrocious. And the police warning the protesters, don't go in there. And then the protesters go in there and the cops do nothing. That's atrocious. But look at this. I want to show you a neighborhood I'm familiar with in Toronto because it's near where I actually live. It's a boring residential neighborhood. The U.S. Embassy, the Israeli Embassy, any corporate headquarters for anything, they're, they're a million miles away. This is a neighborhood of sleeping homes and schools and houses of worship. But there's one thing about this neighborhood. It's very Jewish. And so these pro-Hamas protesters have chosen this residential neighborhood packed with Jews, Jewish schools, Jewish synagogues, Jewish school buses. On, and they go on Saturday, so it's their favorite day to go. They go when the Jews are going to Sabbath, and they block a key road. It's such a big road. It's actually, I, I knew its name before I moved to Toronto. It's called Avenue Road. It's one of the major roads in Toronto. People even outside Toronto probably heard of Young Street. Uh, they might have heard of Eglinton. These are like the big roads. Like in Calgary, it would be like Deerfoot Trail or McLeod Trail. In, um, in Vancouver, we've all heard of Granville. This is a major road. And they shut down a bridge on over the 401 highway, hanging their banners down, stopping. But the main thing is they block the bridge that ha brings people in and out of this Jewish neighborhood. And they're doing it on the Sabbath. And they're blocking the road. And, and the police have attended. But look what the police say. Let me just read to you a tweet. This is from just yesterday. Due to public safety concerns, the Avenue Road Bridge will be closed. There will be no access to Avenue Road from Highway 401. Police are on scene to enforce this in order to keep demonstrators, counter-demonstrators, and passing traffic safe. Stay tuned for reopening details. So let me say that again. The police are declaring that this is dangerous. They're saying that the first words, it's a public safety issue. But they are going, so instead of clearing away the lawbreakers, and by the way, there's a, there's a variety of laws. People uh, 
besides just the threats, besides the threats of assault, you're you're blocking a road, you're blocking a major artery. The police will actually, let me translate, the police will enforce the blockade. They're blockading a Jewish neighborhood. And and it's not the Hamas thugs that'll stop you, it's the cops. The Toronto police, go ahead. Oh, it, it is astonishing. By the way, I used to live once upon a time in that neighborhood on Melrose Avenue. I know very well what the neighborhood is like. Uh, this was unthinkable, at least in the time I was living there. But anyways, I want to get to um, the point of who these people are. As you mentioned, a lot of them are foreign nationals. That's undeniable. But I also see, you know, just people that were born and bred in Canada. They're neither Arab or Jewish. Um, and I think what we're seeing the end result of is what's happening on campus with the woke wokeness there, Ezra. Uh, I call it the I and I. These people are ignorant and they're indoctrinated. And of course, what better candidate to indoctrinate than somebody who is ignorant? They have no idea of the history of the Middle East. Instead, it seems to be the lens uh, that they look at this problem through, Ezra, is Israel is the colonizer, the Palestinians are the colonized, they're taking part in some great Che Guevara revolution. By the way, these dumbbells should research who Che Guevara uh, was. But what is your take on that, uh, Ezra, the fact that there are people that are coming out of... Um, prestigious universities all over the world that are full of anti-Israel bile. Oh, yeah. Well, we saw that president of Harvard herself yes. uh, had to resign in disgrace for not, uh, for not clearly saying calls for genocide against Jews are wrong. She said, <laughs> I think she said something like, we have to wait until they're acted upon. Say something like that. It was really crazy. But understand her mindset. And this is how she was appointed president. She is a, a woman of very little accomplishment um, academically. In fact, that's what in the end caused her to, to step down. She was a cheater. She plagiarized. She stole other people's work. But the lens through which she looked at the whole world was oppressed and oppressors. And she would put everyone in that category. And that's a Marxist way of thinking. Uh, Karl Marx did it economically. You have the economic oppressed and the economic oppressors, labor versus capital, the working classes versus the bosses. And every single person was put into one or two categories and was either a friend or an enemy. That was a terrible ideology of jealousy and hatred and destruction and envy and violence. But the uh, innovation of the last hundred years, especially the last 30 has been to take that Marxist way of thinking and apply it to gender. Women and men, men are the oppressors and the part patriarchy, women are victims. And then apply it to race. Visible minorities, by definition, are the oppressed. Whites are the oppressors. Oh, by the way, and some visible minorities who do well are the oppressors also. And they have a, a, a white supremacy, even if they're black, like they would call Clarence Thomas. The black Supreme Justice, Court Justice, they would call him a white supremacist because he's internalized. Like it's it's such a, and now they have transgenderism all through that critical theory. That's what they call it. So we, for a generation, we've been teaching critical theory instead of critical thinking. 
And you're right about, and so they've deemed Israel to be the oppressor, so everything's justified against. But I want to play for you a clip of what's going on on that Avenue Road bridge. Because you have, I think, 95% of the Hamas protesters are foreigners. They're speaking with a thick foreign accent. They're dressed like Hamas people would be dressed in Gaza. But and they're clearly there because it's a Jewish neighborhood. There's no Israeli industry or Israeli embassy. And I want you to listen to this guy talking about how many Zionists there are, because that's his code for Jews. Listen to this guy just for a second. We will turn to our creator anywhere in this world to offer our prayers like we do. And now Zionists think that this means this means peace, they think. There is no peace with your oppressors. This means victory. There is only victory against your oppressors and victory with your occupiers. This does not mean peace because there is no peace against an occupation. And when they cry about seeing a sign with Hitler on it with Bennett, that is their problem that their leaders are calling for genocide because Zionism is... Zionism is... Zionism is... When their leaders are calling for the elimination of Palestinian people in Gaza, they are no better than Hitler, they are no better than the Nazis, who thought they were also a superior race. Zionists think they are superior than anybody else. So they're there because they hate the Jews, but get a load of these folks saying that the Jews should go back to Poland or whatever. So these are people who are just off the plane. Many of them, I imagine, aren't even Canadian citizens yet. We let them into Canada, what, weeks ago, months ago, and they're walking around a Jewish neighborhood vomiting rage and hate and telling Canadian Jews who have lived in this country since before Confederation to get out. You've just got to listen to this absolute insanity. Take a listen. Back to your fucking countries where you came from and leave our countries alone and stop blowing up our fucking homes and stealing our land. To me, there's something crazy about uh, someone with a thick foreign accent saying, get out of this country and go home. It's just insane, but they, they, they're getting away with it, and the cops are enforcing it. I want to show you one more clip. I know I've shown you a lot of clips. Here's one of the organizers. Again, a, a thug who's a, who's a regular. Uh, I, my hunch is that he's an agent of the Iranian government. There's 700 Iranian agents in Canada, according to Global News, and they're basically whipping up a lot of these pro Hamas protests. And this guy admits it. He drops any pretense, he says, we're going to go to where the Jews are. We're going to go to your Jewish events. We're going to go to your Jewish parades. Listen to this guy basically say, wherever Jews are in Toronto, he will be there shouting at them in a megaphone. So not wherever Israelis are or military people. He's going to pick on, humiliate, and, and hate, and hopefully shut down the roads of any Jews, Jews. In Toronto, we have a pure bigot on our hands. Take a look. We are never going to shy away from coming into any neighborhood who experiences anti-Palestinian racism, inshallah. Always, always. Whether it's the walk against Israel, we will be there. At the walk against Israel, you will. They will see us there. 
all of you here today make intention that you will be present at the walk against Israel because that is where you see anti-Palestinian Israel at its finest. We will never, as we are standing here today, we will never shy away from exposing this filth. Never. So, um, and I, by the way, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying someone should be jailed for hating. Um, hating is a feeling. I don't think you should be jailed for hating, for any feeling. I think you should be uh, arrested or swept off the road if you're blocking a key road, if you're blocking a road for school buses to Jewish schools, if you're blocking, deliberately blocking. I mean, it would be, it would be like if the KKK decided to have a big march in Harlem, in New York, or a more traditionally black neighborhood uh, on Sunday and, and block roads to black churches. And imagine if the police show up and say, guys, it's too dangerous with all these clans moving around. So we're going to shut down church today just for public safety. That is what the disgraceful, discreditable, unethical, unprofessional police in Toronto are doing again and again and again, and they found their favorite place. I guess the malls where they were going threatened them with trespass orders eventually or something. So these bigots and their police escort are shutting down the Jewish neighborhoods. I can't even believe it. And and let me show you some of these various tweets from uh, from politicians. Before you do, I go ahead. I, I just want to uh, further that point. I think the role of policing has been outrageous and egregious. In fact, I think it is emboldening the mob. Uh, you know, it's almost, what do we do for an encore? It, nothing uh, is outrageous to them. They, 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 to me, it feels like they're protesting with impunity. And one other thing I want to address with you, Ezra, the unholy alliances I see at these demonstrations, uh, I've covered several in the greater Toronto area and beyond, and I can't help but notice that in addition to the pro-Hamas people who have roots in the Middle East, you have Antifa, you have transgendered people. And could golly, Ezra, you know what would happen to a transgender person in Gaza if they were, uh, you know, flaunting uh, their newfound gender? It, it, it's it's a death sentence. And I think... It, you know, it, it reminds me of that uh, Lenin quote, useful idiots. And speaking of Lenin, I go back to your original point of Marxism. I think that's what's really behind the scenes here, Ezra, that if the, the tenant of Marxism is to tear down society and rebuild it as a Marxist utopia, which, of course, never turns out in the real world, what do you make? of these diverse interests that would seem contrarian to one another joining in this whole pro-Hamas support fest. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's nothing crazier than queers for Palestine or whatever. <laughs> I mean, they would be killed in a second, but that's that critical race theory, that cultural Marxism. Um, they just want to smash Canada, smash the West, smash the Jews, smash the oppressor, and they'll figure the rest out later, maybe. Um, yeah, it's it's astonishing. Now, the, where are the people who should stand up to this? Well, the, the local member of parliament for this neighborhood is not surprisingly Jewish herself. Her name is Yaara Sachs. She is the absolutely awful cabinet minister who stood up in parliament and said, 
Honk Honk <laughs> is code for Heil Hitler. Remember this video clip? I, I can't even believe this is real. Look at this video. How much vitriol do we have to see of Honk Honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? So where is she? I don't even know if she's in the country um, because neither she nor the provincial politician who is also Jewish, he's a Doug Ford conservative, um, Kersler is his name, he's actually I think the attorney general. So you, so you have two cabinet ministers in that riding who are Jewish, by the way, federal, provincial, and neither of them is doing anything other than tweeting. I'm so upset by this. Anthony Housefather, a liberal cabinet minister from Montreal, tweeting how outraged he is. But Justin Trudeau, these are his people. He deliberately doesn't speak against them. And I don't know if you know, remember the name Marco Mendocino, who was briefly famous because during the trucker convoy, he was a public safety minister. He's since been fired from cabinet. But he actually tweeted this. He said, here's four laws that these truckers are breaking, including citing some traffic laws. So, okay, I mean, he would know because uh, he talked about seven million tanks. Uh, against the truckers. I say again, the truckers were completely peaceful. They didn't storm into anyone's house or anyone's building or anyone's mall. They didn't threaten anyone with death. They weren't wearing masks. They weren't saying, you know, get out of here, you Zionist Jews or whatever. Um, and they put the whole country under martial law. And here's a bunch of, and the reason that every person I just named is part of the government. So they have the power to do things. Um, just How about just enforce the law? How about just pretend that these are, I don't know, kids playing hockey on the road? Okay, move along, kids. You had your fun. Imagine putting out a statement saying, this is very unsafe. So we're going to shut down the bridge and actually arrest anyone who tries to use the bridge. The government has become the enforcer of this weird ghetto. David, it's very upsetting to me. And um, Ezra, let me ex expand on that point. What do you think is behind the lack of enforcement of laws by the police? Is it the police unilaterally standing down? Oh, we don't want to be seen as Islamophobes, for example. Or are there political puppet masters behind the scenes issuing directives and saying, listen, let them do whatever and uh, obviously, they're getting away with it. What do you think is the unspoken strategy here, Ezra? Well, it's two-tier policing, and we've seen this in other countries, too. We've seen this in the United Kingdom. Uh, we, again, just compare the treatment of the pandemic protesters with this. Um, I think two things here work. First of all, remember the city, access uh, to a police commission, which is um, basically associated with the city government, and you have a Actually, I would call her a communist, just the mayor, Olivia Chow. And, you know, I, so I think that she would be sympathetic to these Hamas protesters anyways. But she can do the math. She can add it up. There's about 200,000 Jews in the greater Toronto area. And there's probably a triple that of Muslim voters. And they can count. That's why Trudeau is doing this. But also, we know in the Toronto police, they have had the DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Project. So they've been colonized too. And we saw early in this conflict some police who are actually tweeting their support for Hamas. And I don't know if they've been removed from the force, but I believe that the police force itself has been turned into a 
critical race theory organization. And so they absolutely uh, are taking the political point of view are Jews or the white oppressors, Muslims, including Muslims who just arrived here weeks ago, are the good guy no matter what. And um, so shut the Jews down. Who cares? They're the oppressor class here. And the rule of law, well, we have a lot of discretion. I think the police are showing they are not worthy of public support. They are not worthy of respect because they are not acting as neutral, independent, professional police. They're acting as political errand boys, not just for the hard left, but for the terrorist left. I mean, I can't get over that image of that masked guy. I mean, many of them wear the Hamas headbands. Like they're they're literally dressed like Hamas terrorists, shouting Hamas slogans, in some cases flying Hamas flags. We've seen flags of various terrorist groups over the last three months. And police literally arrest no one. In fact, the only arrest I've seen on Avenue Road was some Jewish guy who slowed down his car and looked out the window and, and shouted something at the protesters. He was arrested. So I think these are dark days for neutral policing. I think the police are murdering their own reputation. But what I'm more worried about is actual murder. And I think that there will be murders. There was already one murder in the United States. A Jewish protester was murdered by a Muslim protester in Los Angeles. You see lots of beatings in Canada. You've seen Molotov cocktails and shootings. No one killed yet, but it's just a matter of time. Shelving down a bridge into a Jewish neighborhood and having the police enforce it for you is, is the Iranian government and its on-the-ground proxies in Canada. You're right. See how far they can go. And I, ne- I bet they never in a million years thought that the police would actually help them. David's dark days. That's what we're seeing. And, you know, Ezra, going back to the Eden Center event where uh, a, a pro-Hamas demonstrator was actually issuing a death threat to a, to a police officer at that same mall, uh, I guess it's three years now, Efren and I were there covering a uh, anti-COVID uh, lockdown demonstration. I'll never forget the image. Perhaps we can run that too. It was a single solitary demonstrator on the southwest corner of Young and Dundas, waving a Canadian flag. So he wasn't breaking any kind of social distancing rules. And he was tackled and violently arrested by police here. Check that out. No way, stop. I'm going to get you. Don't touch him. Stop, 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 so, Ezra, again, one law for thee, one law for me. Uh, it is despicable. I mean, there are so many angles. We, we've probably gone over time. We know one thing for certain. For months to come in 2024, we are going to see these demonstrations. Is there a tipping point, Ezra? You know, in your final thoughts, does that have to happen? Do we have to see, much like in, I believe it was in Los Angeles, a counter-demonstrator killed 
by the pro-Hamas thugs. Is that what it's going to have to take in cities like Toronto, Edmonton, Mississauga, you name it, for the police to step up and carry out their role of law enforcement? Or is even that uh, off the table? Last word goes to you, my friend. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that was not a tipping point in L.A. The police didn't suddenly say, oh, we better enforce the law. Yeah. Everyone sort of shrugged. Um, the United Kingdom is way further down the road than us. They haven't reached their tipping point yet. Over the, a few days ago, they tried to shut down airports in L.A. and New York, not just shut down the roads, but they actually tried to launch some balloon aircraft in the flight path of JFK. They would could have shut a plane down, like could have caused a plane crash. There has been no tipping point. And that's what's so disappointing. And I, um, in in most cases, I blame the city governments. But in Canada, the provincial governments are the ones that do the prosecuting. And the allegedly conservative government of Doug Ford is just as culpable as any of the other governments. And and by the way, um, where is the official opposition? I, I Pierre Polyev has come out and said, I stand with the Jewish people and I'm against that Jewish hate. Okay, thank you for that. And I believe him, by the way, and I think he does. But is he going to do anything about it? Is he going to call for? Is he going to call for these um, street blockades to be swept away? I mean, I, I'm obviously the bulk of the responsibility lies with the local MP, who should be physically down there every day, demanding the police do things. Who should be in court seeking an injunction? Obviously, there's a lot of blame to go around. But I don't think anyone in power is doing anything because they all do the math. And there are five times as many Muslims in Canada as there are Jews. And Trudeau's bringing in another million migrants, probably a third of whom were Muslim. And I'm not saying every Muslim is a Hamas supporter. But by the way, in Gaza, opinion polls show that 75% of them are. Yeah. And Trudeau says he's going to take at least 1,000 people from Gaza. We're the only fools in the entire world taking taking migrants from Gaza. Egypt sure as heck isn't. Saudi Arabia, there no Arab country will take refugees from Gaza, and we're the stupid ones putting up our hands saying we will, we will. Uh, so there's no tipping point in sight, David. Ezra, that's so uh, sad to hear. And certainly, we know where blackface stands on this file. I mean, he's so pro Hamas. One of the leaders of Hamas thanked him publicly last month. Um, what a disgrace uh, for our nation. Ezra, um, we will continue to cover this because uh, that's something we didn't get into in terms of um, the lack of due diligence of the mainstream media, um, some of whom, like Blackface, are cheerleaders for what's going on. Uh, maybe the harshness of a cold winter will keep the numbers at bay. But once things warm up, I'm with you. I, th I think they're going to uh, press this issue. And uh, again, um, you have people uh, from the Middle East uh, that are zealots, and then you have the ignorant and the indoctrinated, and it is one big toxic soup as far as I'm concerned. But Ezra, we'll continue uh, to cover these uh, demonstrations and uh, Hopefully, uh, well, hopefully there will be a happy ending to this, but I, 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 uh, I fear it's, it's months and months of this to come yet, my friend. In any event, ha happy new year to you and your lovely family. And thank you so much, Ezra, for making time with me today. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye.
folks, transanity in Canada in 2023 was a current theme. Unfortunately, I think it's only going to get worse in 2024. Needless to say, lots of reaction to my end of December video recapping, well, what turned out to be the most viewed video for Rebel News in 23. That would be when my videographer Efren Monsanto and I visited Fergus, Ontario in July to chronicle Tommy Ash Davis. He is the male rugby player who, contrary to world rugby rules, is identifying as a female and injuring real female rugby players in the process. Unbelievable. Helion333 writes, All one can do is to make a menzies. Diving deep can cause the sub to swerve on the bends. Hold the line. Well, you know, Helion, what I would like to see now that we've exposed transgrifters like Ash Davis and, of course, the infamous swimmer Nicholas Sapita, I would like to see concerned parents step up. I would like to see the people who run swimming in Canada and rugby in Canada step up. Unfortunately, we are drowning in too many woke wimps. Let's see if 2024 brings about an attitude change. Kelly Campbell, 5890, writes, This story should have been titled, David Menzies gets accosted by two human female rhinos and a pack of rabid hyenas. Well, you know what, my friend? As I said in the video, that was the most disturbing story I covered last year. It wasn't because of the profanity and the middle fingers and even that guy who physically assaulted me. Heck, that's just another day at the office, really. But it was seeing all those woke, young, 20-something women going to bat for this grifter. They were hysterical. Some of them were even crying. And I was just asking honest, albeit perhaps impolite questions. Why is a man, contrary to world rugby rules, getting away with this? But that's Canada right now. There are too many youngsters, I would say, that have been totally indoctrinated. So much so that they believe that a muscular man with an Adam's apple and male pattern baldness is really a woman as opposed to a male. Absolutely unbelievable. Canada for Israel writes, why is it that every time an issue where something is blatantly right and blatantly wrong, the blatantly wrong people are the loudest? Could they be compensating for something? You know what? That is a great observation, my friend. Uh, as they say in the advertising business, if you have nothing to say, sing it. What I'm getting at is that when I encounter typically someone from the woke left or an Antifa member, they delve into ad hominem attacks. They use profanity. They won't answer the question, but they attack the interviewer. Really, if you're at a demonstration and you can't make a case for what you're demonstrating against, why are you even there? Well, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Ezra Levent Show, a true treat. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best in 2024. Let's hope it brings about change for the good. In the meantime, as always, 
Stay safe and stay sane.